Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And joining us right now on the Western Hotline is our very own Paul Hamilton, who is uh, eager to see tonight or this afternoon's game and eager to uh, get in his thoughts on wrapping up the season here. Paul, good morning. How are you today? I'm well. I'm never eager for the season to end, though. Right. I wish wish there were more games after the one we witnessed this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, it also just – it stinks because 56 games versus 82 games, I know that – the circumstances this year needed to uh, have it be a shortened season, but it's always fun when you can have a full season. But for some people, I know they'd probably say that given the circumstances of how this season has gone, they probably would prefer the 56 oh, yeah. games over the 82. <laughs> yeah, most of them. And and the thing is, too, we've had a month extra. Usually it's the first week of April that we're having the last game, although we were shortened on the other end of the season, but still – uh, we did get a month later. It's first time we've seen May hockey since 2007 in, in Buffalo. So I'm sure fans, next time they see May hockey, and I'm sure they're hoping that it's soon, will it'll be connected with a playoff run and not uh, something like this. All right, Paul. Well, obviously today is the final game of the 2020-21 season, and a lot of what I've kind of wanted to bring up today is the job that Don Granado has done in his 27-28 games as head coach. He was he was named the interim coach at the very halfway point of the season, and since then has fared, very, has fared pretty well. I mean, the record wouldn't indicate it, but at the time he took over, the team was only 6-18-4, and they were one of the worst, if not the worst team in the NHL. How would you grade Don Granado's tenure with the Sabres as the interim head coach if you could give him a grade? Well, I think it's gone very well because players are responding to him. Players are listening to his message um, because he is having them do things that they can do well. And players like it when they can do go out and show what they can do and show that they can do things well. You know, so it's really, and we can just go down the line, and you've already talked about a lot of them that, uh, you know, well, let's put Casey Middlestat back at center. Ralph Kruger had said Casey Middlestat will not play center in the NHL. He is not an NHL center. 
And Don Granados decided, you know what? I think he is. And Middlestat has really blossomed. And, and you look at all three of those players, Asplund, Thompson, and Middlestat, especially Middlestat and Asplund, have really, really stepped up their games and blossomed because they're being asked to, hey, you do this well, so watch, watch this piece's film. This is what we want you to do. Because we feel if you add this to the thing to the table, we have other players that can add other elements to the table because that's what they do well. And then you take what everybody does well and mix it together, and, and that's how you form a team that plays together. And I remember it might have been the first game that line was together. It was against Philadelphia. The Sabres were ahead. The mm-hmm. goaltender was pulled. And Thompson missed the net trying to get an empty net goal. Sure enough, Flyers came down and scored. And Yeah, that was the you know, uh, 18th game that they had lost. Yeah, and they blew the game. Mm-hmm. I immediately had people on Twitter just ripping the Sabres. Why is Middlestead's line even out there? Well, that's what Granado did and has done. Put players out in different situations, exposing them to different situations to see what they can do. Now's the time to find out. Because if he's the head coach next year, and as he said the other day, um, he's coached all year long for the future. You know, and if he is the head coach next year, he knows how they're going to react. And lo and behold, okay, it didn't work out for Casey's middle stats line that game. But you know what? Next time that situation came up, guess who was out there? That line. He put him right back out there again. Mm-hmm. And they haven't blown it since. They learned from it. Each one of them has an empty net goal, which is a challenge for this team or had been in the past. They can't score when the other team pulls the goalie. Jack Eichel was the only one that could put the buck in the net. And Evander Kane, when he was here, so I guess number nine is good at scoring when the goaltender's pulled. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and they, they have a horrible time with that. Well, each one of the guys in that line put games away with empty net goals. They never got scored on again. And they're a line that be, can be held responsible and be out there in those types of situations because he showed confidence in them that, and I'm sure they went to the film room after the game and, and said, look, it, this is what you guys did wrong. But, hey, you know, if, if you do it this way and do it this way, you're going you're gonna to be successful. And don't worry about it because next time we get in the situation, you're going right back out there. Mm-hmm. Even though you're not thinking to yourself, well, let's get the middle stat line out there when the team, other team is down a goal and has the goaltender pulled. You know, that's not your first thought, but they have become responsible hockey players, both offensively and defensively, by doing the things they do well. Yeah. But they can still play in a more well-rounded game, even though, well, let's say Tage Thompson's more of an offensive player. Well, that doesn't mean as a line they can't be responsible as a line defensively because Asplund is a better uh, defensive player. You know, so they if they take their talents and mesh them, they can play in both ends of the arena. So how so when looking at the the coaching decision going into the offseason, how seriously do you think that Don Granado should be considered for this job? Do you feel that he should almost be at the top of the list now with the way that the team has performed as of late and the turnaround from some of these players? Or do you think that, you know, he should be a serious contender, but the team should still do their due diligence and, and talk to anybody and everybody that they possibly can? Option two. You know, I would say he should be the front runner. I don't think he's done anything. You know, I think he's more surprised to the upside than say, well, you know what, he's not the guy. But I still think, yes, 
They need to have an extensive search. I mean, you don't know how other people and their ideas until you sit down with them and ask, and maybe you would find a better option, you know, out there depending on, you know, which coaches are free as, as you know, their season's end, you know, and, and you know, I think it's already talked to some coaches, but I think absolutely they need, you know, I don't think you should make a rash, rash decision and say, Don Granados do well, he's the head coach, we're taking the tag off, make him the coach without doing extensive interviews, college coaches, NHL coaches, AHL coaches, just a bunch a bunch of different guys that you feel would have an opportunity, a chance to be your coach. I think you need to do that due diligence. Paul Hamilton joining us here on the West Her Hotline here on WGRs. The Sabres wrap up the regular season this afternoon in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. Paul, I know you talked about a, a lot about Casey Middlestat and, and the turnaround that he's had under Don Granado with, with having the confidence of being a center once again in the NHL. Do you believe that he is like the one that has benefited the most from Don Granado's tenure, or is there anyone else that kind of stands above him or anyone for that matter as sort of the player that you've seen turn around the most and have a bigger impact at the NHL under Granado's tutelage. I would probably go with the two guys on his line, mm-hmm. Asplund and Middlestat. I think they have benefited the most. I mean, Asplund was just a forgotten guy, basically. Yeah. And as we found out, as he's played more, if you give him the opportunity, you can you could have and it's their job to know these things. But they gutted the hockey department. So they didn't know these things, and they just listened to Ralph Kruger. But, you know, now now you find out, you know what, we never needed to sign Cody Eakin to a two-year contract <laughs> that pays him over $2 million yeah. a year. You know, we had a guy in our organization who's better, a lot better. You know, and Aspen can also play center if you need him to. That's his natural position. So, and actually they had a guy here who was better and a lot better who wound up signing in Arizona for half the money that that Cody Eakin signed for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, I and I still think, you know, they need to let a lot of the losing go out of here. And I, I, I liked Larson as a player. I don't think he's a bad player, but he's just part of the guys that have been here forever, and it's just the bad, bad losing. I wouldn't have re-signed Gergensen for that reason. Again, it's not because I think he's a bad player. It's just you got to get some of this negativity out of here. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't mind that. But if your solution was to bring Cody Eakin in to replace him, now I mind. I would rather have Larson here, even though he's lost for all the years he's been here and lost badly. And sometimes that would get to him, and I understand. It would get to me, too. And let's not forget, Gergensen's is also still here. He just never played because he got injured in, in right. training camp. Right. And, and exactly. So. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it was, it was really short sightedness that, that wound up doing that. But getting back to your question, I think Asplund and Middlestat really, I think have the two that have benefited and Rasmus Dahlin, I think has benefited greatly also. And he doesn't go into one month funks. I mean, if he has a bad game, he's capable of shaking it off and then having a good game the next game. That didn't happen under Ralph Kruger. It would just snowball. Next game was worse. The game after that was worse than that. The game after that was worse than that. And he never could get out of it because he wasn't being asked to do the things that Rasmus Dahlin does well. 
He was asking to do the things, and Kruger's idea is we're going to play this way, and it's non-negotiable. He said that. That's a direct quote. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, okay, Rasmus Dahlin, this is what you're good at, but you know what? If you can get to it, fine, but you need to get back in your zone, and you need to play like Scott Stevens back <laughs> in your in, in the defensive zone. Yeah. And it's unacceptable if, you, if you're not the best defensive player on the ice. And, you know, Rasmus Dahlin's like spinning his wheels going, what? You know, so I, I would think I would I would also include him in your question too. Okay, Paul, what do you, uh, of the young talent that's that's here, who's who's realistically in next year? I know that you know some of these guys are going to be you know free agents. Some of these guys are going to be probably going back to Rochester just because there's not enough room with given the NHL guys that are going to be here. You know, Jack Eichel's future we don't know, but some of these young guys on this roster, who would you like to see back playing full time in the NHL next year? Well, it's funny. While Kruger was still here, I basically said they got to get like 15 guys out of here. Mm -hmm. And I meant it. I wasn't exaggerating right. or anything. I meant it that this just isn't working. There's very few that are going to be. And I look at the defense and the six guys. Well, I'll put McCabe in there, the seven guys. And... I say to myself, I really like some of their youngsters. You know, Bryson, I think, has been good at times, has struggled at times. He's a rookie. That doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. But he's a very good puck-moving defenseman. It's rare his size gets in the way. I think there's only been one game where I've seen him get the yips when people coming at him. Mm -hmm. And people are going to try to come at him. But, you know, he seems to be able to play angles well and do that well. So I say to myself, can you be a winning team if you have McCabe, Ristolainen, Darlene, Yoki Haru, Bryson, Borgen, and Samuelson, or do you have to do more to the defense? Or can that young defense with two veterans anchoring it who played the best hockey of their career together, one is an unrestricted free agent, you know, can that be a good defense? So moving forward, you got some very bright young players, I think, on your defense that we have seen. Samuelson came as advertised. There are a lot of scouts who told me, and we were talking about this as the season went on, that he has really blossomed and learned quickly in Rochester and is to a point where he could be playing in the NHL now. Well, he has shown us that's true. He can play in the NHL now and and shown that. Rostelainen is a interesting player to talk about. You know, definitely has the shot to score. He is a smaller player, but I have seen him win battles along the wall at times, and he has improved his skating greatly from when he first showed, was first here mm -hmm. and has done that. So it's interesting, but it also is another smaller forward. And, you know, is there room for him right now? I don't know because, you know, they like Bork. Bork has really meshed well with Reinhardt so far. <clears throat> so, uh, you know what do you do? What do you do with him? Is he going to be part of your future? Is he going to be somebody that you're going to protect from the expansion draft from Seattle? Mm -hmm. Or you know because they're right now, unless you make a trade to ask Seattle to lay off certain players, you're in trouble with one defenseman and you're in trouble with one forward right now. Um, right now, you have a choice. You know, on the defense. Darlene, Borgen, Ristolainen, and Yoki Haru. You can you can protect three out of the four. I'm not even going to put Miller's name in there. And um, one of them would have to be out there. Well, Darlene's 
that that's off the table. So now you're talking Borg and Ristolainen and Yoki Aryu. You know, what what are you going to do with that? Or do you trade one of them before the expansion draft? Or do you trade a pick? I believe it was a sixth-round pick to Vegas to lay off Alinas Allmark and take Carrier. You know, do you get the do you get Vegas to or do you get Seattle to lay off of the one forward, whether it's Middlestat or I'm sorry, not Middlestat, Asplin, Bork, Thompson, one of those three would be unprotected. Mm-hmm. So do you send them a fourth round pick to say, okay, lay off let's say it was Bork or lay off Yoki Haru and take Miller, you know, something like yeah. that. Or take Gergensen's or mm-hmm. I, I don't have Gergensen's on the protected list either. Some p- people might uh, right now. I wouldn't. With, I wouldn't for yeah. sure. So it might take a draft pick to to get them to lay off some of the younger players mm-hmm. that you don't want to lose. So otherwise, you probably are going to lose one of your good young players. Yeah, and we saw that. <laughs> we saw with how well Vegas did with maneuvering and and figuring that all out with their team in their first year. I mean, they went to the Stanley Cup final. All right, Paul. Well, before I let you go, I might as well just ask you about what we're expected to see from this team in the final game of the season tonight. You know, Michael Hauser likely going to go tonight? Yeah, Hauser's in goal. Um, Allmark's not ready, and it was up to Allmark. It was if he felt he could go, Renato told him to let him know. But obviously, Allmark did not feel that he's quite ready yet, so it'll be uh, Hauser in net for them. And I think... This team really, you know, judging by talking with them after the game and yesterday, they felt they really let this this guy down. You know, he comes into his home rink and they play so poorly in front of him and eight goals wound up going in. So I think they'd like to try to make up for that if they can. And so that's what I'm expecting is a much better effort, a much better defensive effort, realizing that, hey, if you want to go end-to-end with the Pittsburgh Penguins, it'll be a fun fun game for people to watch but it's not going to be a fun game for us because we may wind up with eight pucks in our net again so mm-hmm. um, I expect a, a much better effort from them much smarter effort maybe would be the better word in their management of the puck very good well Paul thanks again for taking the time this morning we'll be listening for you in the pregame and the round table with you Brian Pat and Dan thanks for all the work you've done throughout the entire season and we'll, we'll talk plenty I'm sure over the course of the offseason Yeah, nice talking to you again. It's been a while, so it's fun to come on. Thanks again, Paul.